0: hello and welcome to hardy party five and a half how are you guys doing
1: doing pretty good great
0: we have a couple of extra guests today one of them is this one right here alex sardi
1: well hold on i'm usually on the show not you I'm you're not... not the extra guest oh okay i see what you're saying it's
0: our actual guest today oh, okay but right now i was just introducing alex
1: hello alex. Welcome. Co, yes son.
0: that's right and so i don't know if you guys heard or not but the rangers you know they won the world series
1: yes they did
0: <laughs> did you guys know that Well today on our podcast we brought back a guest that we had before. When we had him before, we talked all about his life, his history, how he got into sports broadcasting, and today we're gonna talk all things rangers. Are you guys ready? Heck yeah,
2: let's do this. All
0: right, let's go. Here's Eric Nadel.
1: How's it going?
3: It's going great. What are you guys up to?
1: We're good. We're just wearing our Ranger <laughs> World Championship stuff. You We're, know, we still sell
3: it. It must have really happened. They made shirts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's did. like you know it really happens if you took a picture and you have a t-shirt. Yeah, that you know that's exactly right.
3: That's and there's a trophy going around.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty that's wild.
0: Right. Yeah. I think Alex, yes. you're going to this our son Alex. I think you're going to Alex. Uh well, the awards dinner? The awards on the dinner on the 26th. Uh-huh. Yeah, Great. He'll be there because he actually was with a part of this whole Corey's Corner thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, so you actually gave it the name, didn't you, Alex? Yeah, I,
1: I, was, I named it. <laughs> nice going. So from a broadcaster position, did you notice Section 133? And how did you... Oh,
2: yeah, how- we were all over
3: it. We talked about it a lot.
1: Yeah. How do you think it impacted the team having that...
3: It helped. I mean, Bochi even talked about it. It definitely injected some life into the team. No question about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And for me, like, we've been Ranger fans forever, we've talked about. But I think it's, for me, it's the first time that, like, Ranger fans had a personality. Mm-hmm. To me. I mean, I don't go to every game like you do. <laughs> but it's like, we finally had a personality in the stands more than I remember us ever having. Yeah
3: question and then the whole thing with Creed you know even added to that and I think this coming year it's going to you know it'll start right at the beginning right Um, and it's going to be wild I I think you know the crowds are going to be huge and it's going to be very celebratory it's you know it's going to be quite the experience I think it's not going to be like anything we've experienced before after the other World Series trips you know it's, it's a whole different vibe it's like we're living in an alternate universe
2: you know (laughs) where
3: the rangers are heroes you know it's it's so different
1: yeah it's true (laughs) so i want to start by talking about that last week of the season like the team had been dominant all season and then in the last week it seemed like everything faltered and now they have to fight their way into the wild card so for you what was that last week being around the team what vibe did you get from the team after being so good, and then oh my gosh, maybe we've lost all this.
3: Well, the great thing about this team is you never noticed any difference in the vibe. You know, they they seemed the same in the clubhouse. Uh, they seemed the same during batting practice. Bochi seemed the same. Um, it all seemed the same, and I think that was probably one of the keys to their getting to where they were with all the ups and downs of the last two months of the season. You know, they they were dominant for the first four months, but they really weren't dominant for the last two months of the season you know actually after they started 40 and 20 they actually had a losing record the rest of the year oh wow Uh, that's how that's how up and down it was they were 40 and 20 and then after that they went 50 and 52 Hmm. um but i think the fact that they did maintain kind of that emotional equilibrium uh kept them from ever falling into the kind of a downward spiral you know that would Knocked them out of contention. So the fact that they lost a, a few games that last week, um, I don't think it phased them at all. You know, they were still in the playoffs. And as they headed for Tampa Bay, I'm, I'm sure they were confident of winning. We weren't necessarily confident of them <laughs> winning, especially right. when we saw Glass now was going to pitch that first game. But, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. It's baseball. And the Rangers certainly proved that over the second half of this season.
1: So, okay, you've been through this a lot, more than any of us. <laughs> so do you get to there and you're like, oh, th- this is happening again? Like, in your in the back of your mind, are you like, oh, no, here we go again?
3: Yeah, I mean, what what came back to me was 2012, you know, when the Rangers, all they had to do was win one game in Oakland. And, you know, they'd wrap up the division and, and it didn't happen. You know, they lost them all. And... It just seemed to be the same sort of thing going on. And then, you know, guys were getting hurt and, you know, they weren't necessarily playing with the full complement of players. And it did seem like here we go again was was definitely happening.
1: <laughs> okay, Alex, you're obviously much younger than this. For you, how is it? You've Okay, you've been a Ranger fan long enough to be disappointed. Yes. So how is it feeling for you when... You get to that. You're in the last week of the season. You finally make the playoffs.
2: What were you feeling like? I was, I was number one excited because I knew we could beat Tampa Bay and the Orioles. I knew the Orioles were young, so I was scared about the Astros. The Astros had me so scared <laughs> the entire time. I was like, we can have our fun with these first two ones, and then after that, maybe, maybe that's the end of our run. But we pulled through. But being that, like, being just 21 years old, it's like I'm a fan of the Thunder and the Rangers, like my two teams. <laughs> I've never seen anyone win. Yeah. So being in the position to see a team win was insane. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll ever see that in for a while. So
1: <laughs> maybe I'll we'll yeah. see it again
2: next year. We don't, yeah. don't know. Do
3: you have memories of 2010 and 2011, Alex?
2: Very faint, very faint memories. I remember them being upset. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember watching us against the Giants and losing terribly in that series. But I don't really remember too much of the Cardinals series. Mm-hmm. I remember the Giants.
3: That's that's good. I think that would fall into the category of childhood trauma if you, <laughs> if you did remember the 2011 Series.
1: Oh yeah, I can forgot. I can for I finally can forgive Cruz. <laughs> it took that long, but now I can forgive him. So.
3: Yeah, and you know the Rangers are going to St. Louis this year, and it's always been so weird to go to St. Louis where they still I don't know if they still do, but they still had that golf sign on the right field wall where Cruz didn't catch the fly ball. And our booth is over on the third base side so that we're really just staring at it the whole game. (laughs) They might as well have a chalk outline of Cruz (laughs) on the warning track. But this year, I don't think it's going to bother me. I'm real curious to see what my reaction will be when we go to St. Louis. Uh, The thought of watching the play again um, doesn't cause me to you know, get nauseous the way that it, it did. I haven't exactly done it. I haven't gone and sought it out. But if it came on, on TV, on something I was watching, I don't think I would turn away the way I always have in the past. I think, think I'd actually watch it.
1: We have the swagger and confidence now that we can actually look at that. You know
2: what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the good thing is I've probably seen Corey Seekers game one home run every single day since then. Oh,
1: Yeah. <laughs> It balances
3: out, right? <laughs> yeah, you know something, you know, and something does happen. It seems every day that reminds me that the Rangers really did win.
2: Mm-hmm. You
3: know that uh, this this is mm-hmm. real. You know, yeah. and not just something we're we're imagining or something that that we're dreaming. Uh, and and it's great. You know, here we are closer to the start of the new season than we are to the end of last season, and it seems like everybody is still in a state of euphoria over the whole thing. It's, it's really wonderful.
1: It's like, do we really have to play again? Can we just keep this? and again? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to mention, we know all the big players. We know, gosh, help me name players, Alex. You got Seager, Adoles- Simeon, Simeon. Simeon mm-hmm. all those guys, all yeah. the big guys. Mm-hmm. Who are some of the players that you saw on a day-to-day basis that you think were the keys to the team beyond the superstar guys? Mm -hmm.
3: Well, I think one of the keys was in the first half of the season when the Rangers kept having all these injuries and guys would step in and play really well. Travis Jankowski Mm -hmm. doing such a great job in the outfield. He was one guy. He was also, you know, a veteran guy. He'd been around, uh, had a leadership role on the team, I think was very, very important. And, you know, when Seager went down the first half of the season, Ezekiel Duran did a phenomenal job filling in for him and hit like crazy. And I think he's a guy to keep in mind, especially as the Rangers head to camp this year with an open DH job, you know, and on paper anyway, my guess is right now Duran is the favorite to be an everyday DH. And, you know, I don't have any doubt that he'll be very productive if he winds up winning that job. You know, I know Wyatt Langford's in the picture too. And Justin Foskey will be competing for that job, but I would be very comfortable with, with Duran as an everyday designated hitter. I know he hit better last year when he played the position than when he was the DH it takes a while for young guys to adjust to that. But uh, I think he can do that.
1: Who's a pitcher that you think, cause man, the pitching staff really did turn around, especially through the playoffs, but who's a pitcher that we wouldn't maybe think of off the top of our head that you saw that really helped the team win.
3: Well, you know, Dunning was the guy who stepped in, you know, when DeGrom got hurt, first he, first Dunning was brilliant as a reliever the first month of the season. Then DeGrom got hurt about a week into May. Dunning moved into the rotation, and they didn't miss a beat. He actually pitched better than DeGrom had been pitching. So, you know, I think he's the guy who you look at as, you know, probably the most valuable guy on the pitching staff, not necessarily the guy you would have thought of, you know Evaldi and Montgomery immediately come to mind but you know Montgomery was only there for the last two months although it doesn't seem like it now does it it seems like it seemed like he was he was there the whole year as much as he pitched in the playoffs Um, but obviously Evaldi but uh, I think Dunning's the guy you know we need to keep in mind you know because of the great job he did in both roles. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay do you have any inside information on Monty? Is he coming back?
3: I have no inside information. You know, it, it seems I we
1: were to me.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he hasn't signed yet tells me that he wants to re-sign with the Rangers. The Rangers, because of the you know, question mark regarding their television rights, are probably not in a position yet to make a definitive offer. Hmm. And fortunately he's been willing to wait. I don't know how long he'll be willing to wait. You know, at some point he might get an offer from another team that says this offer is only on the table for 24 hours or 48 hours or something like that, and he may feel he needs to take the money. But, you know, I'm sure the conversation with the Rangers is ongoing regarding the kind of contracts the Rangers can offer him if in some way the television situation gets resolved, you know, to the Rangers' satisfaction. You know, unfortunately, the deadline keeps getting moved back. You know, the last I heard February 1st was some sort of deadline for for Bally or Diamond or, you know, whoever is actually making the offer uh, to to make another offer to the Rangers, you know, for less than 100 million dollars the Rangers were expecting to get, but hopefully not that much less.
1: Yeah, I saw, I think I saw a barbecue place is offering Monty free. Yeah. Yeah, is it Hurtado's. Hurtado's is offering him what, Alex? Free barbecue for life. Yeah. If he'll come back to the Rangers. So yeah. How can he,
3: how can he pass on that? That that should put it over the top.
1: You don't really need the money. You know what I'm saying? So let's get back to the playoff run. What are some key moments before the world series that you remember in your mind that like stood out to you before we got to the world series?
3: The play of Evan Carter. You know, he did something exceptional every game, whether it was offensively or defensively. You go back to the very first inning in Tampa in game one, and he made a diving catch in left field. And had he not done that, the Rangers, you know, might very well have been playing from behind in that game. And it changes the entire nature of that game. You know, that play was huge. The play that Montgomery made on the bunt where he dove toward the first baseline and you know, the, the entire world shook when his <laughs> 260 pounds hit the ground. Uh, you know, that's a play that that stands out in my mind, too. They are very early, you know, in the postseason. Then the grand slam that Garver hit in Baltimore, um, which kind of punctuated that win. You know, those are plays that, that come to mind. But overall, the play of Carter, you know, eventually moving up from ninth in the batting order you know, right up in into the heart of the order as a kid who'd played one month in the major leagues. Yeah. Uh, hard to believe, really.
1: Is he human? How does he, how is, he's like 21, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. How is he so calm and like, I'm just going to go do this? I, I mean. I think he's
3: just a freak. He's, you know, yeah. he's just, you know, he's just naturally really, really calm and obviously extremely confident in himself. I think his strong faith probably has a lot to do with it, Mm -hmm. but, uh, he is so mature so far beyond his years. You know, he's like a, he's like a, a wise older man in a 21 year old body. It's, it's incredible. I I don't think I've ever seen anybody quite
1: like that. Yeah. And it's so cool that he can, they call him full count because he always works the picture and that's kind of a, It seems like a lost art, like, to really work a pitcher and make him throw pitches. So it's just – I think that helps the whole lineup. He kind of – you can see more pitches from the pitcher, and it kind of wears down the pitcher when they're having to pitch to the same guy a lot. Well,
2: once you go – No
3: doubt. And it's something that they preach. Well, every team really preaches it. And, you know, the Rangers have some guys who are pretty good at it. Nathaniel Lowe, you know, in particular, is a guy who always seems to be working the count. Um, But for Carter to do it at age 21 – and having done it all through the minors, you know, to pick up that nickname in the minors, again, it's just, it's really rare.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think it it ties to the fact of our lineup being deadly now because you have to go through Simeon Seeger and Carter and Adoles. So you have to worry about Seeger. And after you're done with worrying about Seager, then you have to get, you're already done with Seeger. Oh my gosh, that was already long at bat. And then you get, yes. <laughs> you get to Evan Carter and then boom, you're there for another long at bat. You, you're going to be there for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
3: it'll be interesting to see, you know, how Bochy sets the lineup up this year, you know, whether he continues it the way he has with, with Simeon at the top or whether he puts Carter at the top. Right. Um, I think a lot will have to do with uh, Simeon's opinion on the thing. If if he is, you know, adamant about preferring being in the leadoff spot, then I don't imagine Bochy'll make a change. But if if he's, you know, if he's OK with dropping down to second, then... You know, it, it might make sense to let Carter lead off and mm-hmm. then move it second, Seager down to third, and, you know, who knows? But um, obviously, what they did last year worked. Oh,
1: yeah. Things seem to work. It's one of those, you years. know.
3: And with the exception of Garver, they have everybody come back. So, you know, they could easily just keep it the way it was and whoever the new DH is, you know, plug him in where Garver was, you know, whether whoever wins the job and uh and go from there,
1: okay, so let's talk about now we're getting to the series. talk about game one, and I want to ask you a question: why does anyone give Seeger a first pitch to hit, <laughs> and then just talking through that whole call when he hit that home run at the end of the game to mm-hmm. tie it up.
3: It's a good question, you know you know with with a guy on base, um part of the reason is. You know, he's got Adolis normally you know, sitting behind him. Adolis, of course, got hurt and missed the last couple of games. But in game one, Adolis is sitting there behind him. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, you can't just pitch around Seager. And I don't imagine the, the pitch was exactly where the pitcher wanted it to be. Pitchers make mistakes all the time. You know, only only 50% of the time or something like that, pitchers actually, you know, hit the target where they're trying to throw the ball. So, um it does seem in retrospect you know really stupid to give him anything to hit but um you know to that point you know Adolis was the guy who was carrying the team and not Seeger. it was Adolis who was the MVP of the ALCS you know he's the guy they didn't want coming up with two people on base you know and a chance to win the game mm-hmm.
1: so um uh with Seeger, just to see that emotion that he had at that moment, we don't see that from him, like, the public doesn't see that from him, but I heard people talking of, he is that emotional when, because he's so serious about winning, mm-hmm. so do you see that in him, like, it was cool to see that emotion from him for, like, the first time, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. I never saw it in the regular season, you know, yeah. the players say they saw it in the postseason before the World Series on you know on some of his home runs but uh, we definitely didn't see it during the regular season this guy plays to win the world series he plays to be in the world series and to win the world series i think he's he's wired he's wired a lot differently from everybody else
1: and when he did that that was the moment that i thought okay we could win this world series even though he just tied it up i was like okay, we can actually win this. Mm-hmm. And I try not to think that because I'm a Ranger fan.
3: <laughs> you know, And yeah, you expect the worst, but, you know, going into the series as they were in 2010 and 2011, on paper, the Rangers were the better team. There wasn't any question about it. But in that first game, you know, they were outplayed for eight innings. You know, it wasn't even close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, to somehow pull out a win, uh, or even a chance to win when Seager hit the home run, despite the fact they'd been outplayed, you know, and their offense had been completely shut down. Um, you know, that that did make you think that, you know, things are going to go our way, you know, only to have the total disaster of game two, uh, maybe change your mind a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think a big thing about game one of the World Series and winning at home was, you lost everything. You lost every single home game against the Astros. Hmm. So to be that demoralized, coming back into your home stadium, trying to win a World Series game, I feel like that punctuation for with Seeger and Adolis was like the turning point of we can win at home now. We can win this World Series.
3: Yeah, you're right. I think I think the way they won that game was was really important.
1: Yeah. So why do you think the home teams could not win? It's just – what? Is it just – No
3: explanation.
1: Yeah.
3: I've, I've heard everybody – in the world interviewed on the subject and there there is no explanation. <laughs> it's, it's just
1: what it was. It's
3: washes, it's washes. That's the way baseball go. And yeah there's nothing more complicated than that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well true. we'll go the only thing I was like kind of looking forward to going to the Astros series is I knew how bad the Astros were at home this year. They had a losing record at home the entire mm-hmm. year. So going to it I was like I know the Astros play not great in their home but they looking at the stats they they smoke us. the global life field they love it so that's what i was worried about but i knew we had the advantage with having more away games which sounds completely weird but (laughs) to see more away games was actually make more happy at the beginning of the series because i knew we could probably win these away games more than we can win the home games
3: yeah and you know it was also odd because the rangers were not a good road team in the regular sea in the regular season had a losing record in the regular season yeah so yeah they go to houston where, where the astros didn't win in the regular season but you know the Rangers didn't win on the road during the regular season. So how do you explain it? You really can't. It's just one of those baseball things.
1: Yeah, I think the baseball gods are finally with it. I don't know. The, this team doesn't make any sense. When you look at all the details of yeah. it, it doesn't make sense that they won with the Bullpen. Yeah. No,
3: you know, they're the first team ever to even get to the postseason where they had more blown saves than they had saves. They're the first team ever to win the World Series after losing as many games as they did the previous two years, you know, 100 ninety six games or whatever it was over two seasons um nobody had ever done that before there's there's a whole there's a whole long list of things like that
1: yeah okay how long how many years have you been doing Rangers?
3: this will be the 46th
1: okay do you know have any do you have any idea how many games that is?
3: It's over six thousand, but oh I don't have an exact okay. count
1: so after six thousand games, and it's we've crazy. talked about all the futility and everything that's happened. Tell us about the final call when you could say the Rangers were World Series champions. What was that like, like personally for you? What was that like after all this bad baseball and some good baseball?
3: Ben? Yeah, it was, it was surreal. It was, you know, incredibly exciting, especially as we got to anticipate it when Simeon hit the home run in the top of the ninth in game five. So it seemed like, you know, even the Rangers can't blow this lead, uh, you know, and, and started preparing mentally you know, for a, a final call, um, you know, I had thought during the day, you know, the Rangers had a pretty good chance of winning that game with Evaldi pitching, you know, I expected to win that night. So I started thinking about, you know, something I might say or something I really needed to say. And the one thing I came up with during the day was, Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. Because <laughs> that's how I felt all day, is that I, w- that I was dreaming. Um, so I wanted to make sure to say that and otherwise it really was just a matter of you know trying to not screw up the call and hoping that Arizona didn't get people on base and you know things you know would get hairy and um you know I didn't want any additional drama you know it 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 was enough trying to win a world series you know, after all these years, I I didn't, I didn't need the game to get five to one or five to two or have the tying run on base or on deck or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then when we saw Spores come back out for the ninth inning, you know, where Leclerc had been warming up three innings in a row, but had pitched two days in a row and, you know, clearly needed a day off. When we saw Spores come out for the ninth inning, it was just classic Bochy, you know, riding the hot hand. And, you know, I'm sure that, jose would have loved to close out the world series but at the same time you know he knew he needed a day off and you know from what the people in the bullpen tell us uh he was the biggest cheerleader there was in the ninth inning you know cheering on spores and hoping that he he didn't have to get into the game
2: yeah that's what i love about Bochi so much is he's not he, he looks at analytics but he's not overly analytical he'll ride whoever's hot he'll he'll get the the feel from the players first and then he'll look back at analytics and make a decision. He won't just. Go yeah. To-
3: he trusts his eyes. He trusts his gut, mm-hmm. you know, and he trusts his coaches too. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's really the complete package when it comes to a manager.
0: Okay. Yeah, Eric. Did wait, you- I have a question. Oh, er- Eric, real talk here. Did you tear up? Did That's you cry? Did you cry when the Rangers won?
3: While we were doing the post game and Jared and Matt and I were doing our reminiscing or whatever that was. I did when I did the final call, I was just completely mentally exhausted and kind of collapsed back into my chair and didn't, didn't tear up then, but I did tear up during the post game show and and we were on the air for like, I don't know, two hours after, after the game. And, uh, you know, a couple of points in there, you know, especially for Jared who grew up in the area, you know, who, you know, and, you know, listened to me as he was a kid and, you know, I don't have any kids, so he's like the closest thing to my getting to work with my own son. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of the things that he said there um, were, you know, they were pretty poignant.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Did you? Think I'll it- tell you
3: what, I really did tear tear up though was during the parade. Did you? Uh, when they gave the broadcasters our own float, and as we saw the faces of the five or six hundred thousand people who were yeah. there. Saw the joy on their faces, and a lot of them were crying. Yeah. You know, it was it was hard to not be moved and not not tear up. Then that yeah. was that was an incredible experience.
1: Yeah, that's really. cool. Did you think of any of your past radio co hosts or anyone that had been in the organization with you?
3: I thought of all of them. You know, going going back to Mark Holtz, you know, who I've worked with for 13 years, and who never even got to call a playoff game because he moved to TV. Uh, the year before the Rangers made the playoffs for the first time, and the TV guys don't get to do any postseason games. It's all national. So I thought about him. I thought about Vince Catronio, who was with me for six or seven years. You know, Victor Rojas, who had been there for a long time, you know, none of whom got to, you know, experience this joy. I, there are quite a few ran through my mind, Steve Busby being another one who was in the booth with me in 2011, you know, when we were a strike away.
1: So yeah. do you get a ring? Do the do you get a ring as being part of the team or?
3: Yeah, we, we get a ring. Um, we got rings in 2010, 2011 for winning the American League pennant. As I understand it, there are different caliber of rings. There are three or four different levels of rings. And the ring that the players get is not the ring that other members of the organization necessarily get. Mm-hmm. I guess it's up to the owners to decide who gets what ring. But, and I think it all, it's the same design. I think it's just a matter of how many diamonds there are Yeah. The, <laughs> the players, the players get the one with the maximum number of jewels. And we, my guess is we probably get the level two ring, but I honestly, I really don't know.
1: I think your diamonds match up to your salary and you get less. <laughs> than <at> your. <salary.
3: laughs> yeah. We definitely won't get what the players get with the minimum salary now closing in on $800,000.
1: Yeah. That is so crazy. crazy. Yeah. I I still can't believe it. Okay, we should enjoy this as long as we can. But mm-hmm. since we have Eric here, do you think they can do it again? It's hard to think ahead so far. But do you think? Sure, they can. They
3: can. Will they? Well, it's very improbable. It hasn't happened since two thousand for you know a team to go back to back winning the World Series. So the odds are stacked heavily against them. Mm-hmm. You know, on paper, obviously the Dodgers now have the best team with the moves they've made in the off season, um, but. That doesn't mean they're going to win, as we know. Um, I think the Rangers definitely are still a starting pitcher or two short. Um, Montgomery could certainly go a long way towards solving that. They have these three pitchers coming back second half of the season, you know, in Scherzer, DeGrom, and Tyler Malley. Uh, But they've got to get to the second half of the season in position to to win or at least make the playoffs. And in order to do that, I think they – I think they definitely need another starter, maybe another veteran reliever too. Uh, If they're able to make those moves, given the budget constraints caused by the TV situation, you know, I'll feel really good about their chances.
1: Yeah, That's just like sports, isn't it? Like you, you win it all and then you just got to go straight into how do we do it
2: again?
0: Yeah. What do you think, Alex? Do you think they can win it all again?
2: I think they have to make a few moves. My big thing is, Wyatt Langford I think if Wyatt Langford can come up like Evan Carter did we have Garver we don't need Garver anymore Wyatt Langford's in that spot and who I want to get the big trade candidate is Devin Williams from the Brewers that's who my dream closer would be right now is to get Devin Williams but obviously it's a high asking price but if we can make a few more moves I think we can do it
0: yeah
3: yeah because really the Rangers have lost very few players compared to most teams who win the world series. The, the Rangers just didn't have a long list of really important free agents. You know, they I assume they're not going to re-sign Chapman. Uh, Stratton's gone and Smith is gone. Um, guys, they were probably looking to replace in the bullpen anyway. Um, I think Tyler late, Tyler Yates was a good signing. And they also, uh, the the under-the-radar signing so far is Jose Urania. This guy was the opening day starting pitcher for the Marlins three years in a row. And granted, they weren't very good, but he was considered the best guy on their staff. And, you know, he's had a couple of years not as good, but, you know, it's one of these deals where the Rangers will get a look at him and they'll start working with him in the pitching lab, you know, whatever the heck that is. And, (laughs) you know, maybe by the time we you know, come out of spring training, you know, he's sitting in the number five starting job and a guy like Cody Bradford, you know, or Dunning can go back to the bullpen, you know, and serve the important purpose out there. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't count out Jose Urania. I know Mike Maddox is very high on him. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, there's a lot to think about for next season, but we do know that the Rangers have won the world series. It's
0: a true yeah, they can't
3: take that away. There, there's okay. a trophy with with our name on it that's okay. going all around Texas now. Yeah, and uh, it's the hard evidence; it really happened.
0: Well, you know, Alex was in uh, started this Corey's Corner thing. They made signs for him. He's got the signs to prove it. Yeah. You know, yeah. the Corey's Corner signs. <laughs> got to take him in and have Chuck Morgan signed them, and so. That was really cool for him. We to need be to get partner. Eric Actually, to sign him yeah. at some point. We need yeah. to Eric to sign him. Maybe we'll have to meet sometime to do that. To, yeah, then, uh, to go.
3: Yeah, just go to the press box elevator and they'll uh, they'll track me down.
2: All right. Cool. We'll,
0: we'll, 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 we'll do that. We'll
2: do but that. But just know, if you ever see those signs in the in the stands, you it, know it's going to be a loud game.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Corey right. will be back for definitely next season. Oh, yeah. They're definitely re-signed. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: Sounds great. I will look forward to that.
1: They're going to be the cheapest ones to sign. I don't think, <laughs> yeah. I actually, I think they pay to be there. All right. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Eric, we appreciate it, man. It's so good to be able to talk to you again, and it's so good to be able to talk about the Rangers winning it all. That's so. right.
3: Sure thing. True yeah, sure yeah. thing. It's as it's as good as I hoped it would be. Always fun to be with you guys. Thanks.
0: Yes. Okay. Thanks, thanks so Eric. much. Thank you. Bye. See
1: It's so nice to see Eric so happy. <laughs> Nine thousand? Did he say six thousand? No, six thousand games yeah. of Ranger baseball. Yeah. And he finally got to say that they won the World Series. Yeah. I can't even imagine. A lot of games. It's been a long for me, but I haven't watched 6,000 games.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you know what I really loved? I loved watching him interact with Alex because they've got a little same wavelength
1: going on
2: there. Yeah.
0: Like, they both speak stats well, right?
2: Oh, yeah.
1: It's like the Jedi Master and the Padawan. Yeah. <laughs> they are got that relationship going on.
0: Alex, you could learn a lot from him.
1: Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> so it's just so nice. That we can have this moment. I know we have to start thinking about next season,
0: mm-hmm. but it
1: was nice just to have this moment to just revel in the awesome reality. Yeah, like Eric said, it's not a dream. The Rangers won the World Series.
0: That's right. Yeah, and so next year, Alex Section One Thirty Three is still going at it, right? Oh heck, yeah. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, already people should be buying tickets for that because it's going to sell out and last year you guys spilled over into 132 and 131, right? And
2: 129. Did That's you really? Everywhere. Yeah, all sections. <laughs> You're taking over. Hilarious.
0: Yeah, I forgot about that. And what was so cool is like you got interviewed by like some Japanese reporters. I mean, it, it was like quite the big deal. I got my little Cory's Corner shirt on. I mean, the Rangers made shirts for your little thing and handed them out, so I guess there's only one more thing to say. I wonder what would happen if the Rangers never won the World Series. I guess we'll never know. Party Party 5 and F over and out.
1: We'll see you next time.